Hello, I'm Graeme Robb and welcome to the latest edition of Business Unmuted. Today we're discussing small businesses and their experience on the economic front line as the country starts to emerge from lockdown. Joining me to offer their own take on the economic pulse are Rick Hellowell, the founder and the managing director of oven valeting company Ovenew, which has more than 100 franchises throughout the UK, and Paul Coleman, who with wife Leanne founded the Little Quaker Distillery. Gents, welcome to our discussion. I tell you what, before we talk about what your opinions are, can I just flash up some data on screen? First of all, this week, the unemployment data was announced. Now, actually, surprisingly, it it went down a little bit uh, across the country. And this this slide breaks down where it is uh, in your part of the country. And if you look in London, it's gone up this time on this time last year. In the northeast, it's only fractionally up. West Midlands a bit up. Uh, Northwest quite a bit up, East Midlands a little bit up, Yorkshire and Humber not so much, Southwest England a little bit, Eastern England not so much, and the Southeast of England not so much. Certainly not a devastating growth in unemployment. And we look at the number of people who have a job or are actively in employment at the moment, you'll see that this time last year it was 29 million, today it's 28.2 million, but there are quite a few people, millions, still on furlough. So there's a lot of uh, data there that maybe people were saying a few months ago things were going to go belly up on the economy, but so far it's a more muted and more considered uh, and less uh, difficult patch as far as the data is concerned. Okay, that's the data. Let's talk to our guests. Uh, first, Rick, you're out there in the, on the front line with your team valeting ovens. What's your view on the economy, having looked at that data? It's... <laughs> Where we are generally across the uh, across the UK, um, we've got 120 vehicles tooting around from Scotland through Wales, England, Southwest. Um, so we are kind of all over the place. Generally speaking, things are relatively good. We are certainly on a par um, to where we were pre-pandemic, if not slightly ahead of schedule. How much of that is to do with people having um, not spent money on on other niceties such as holidays and and Easter visiting and kind of Christmas and whatnot? No idea, but we'll certainly take it the way it is. Excellent. And I know I know in the middle of the lockdown last year you were a, a concerned man. You were looking at how it was all going to develop in the this time last year as someone who was looking after well over a hundred franchises. You were a little concerned, weren't you? Absolutely, but then there are there are two. We we have kind of two two prongs, if you like. We've got the we've got the franchisees that are consumer facing, and then we have from from our head office uh, our head office perspective, our customers are our franchisees. Mm. So yeah, that side of things was particularly awkward by virtue of the fact that we're a small limited company with a couple of directors. So we were entitled to. Um, very little, shall we say, from, from the government initiative, whilst the franchisees were getting paid to the main part 80% of their uh, previous couple of years net profits. So slightly two completely conflicting uh, states of affairs. We've come through it relatively unscathed. Um, our, our company profits are going to be down by a few tens of thousands, but we're still at the races. The franchisees are out there. And they're doing some very, very solid turnover just at the moment. So, Great. Okay, well, we'll come back for more more detail in a minute, Rick. Let's bring in Paul Coleman. Now, Paul, you've started a new business, haven't you? Tell me about, first of all, what your view of the economy is. 
So for ourselves, we're sort of quietly optimistic. Um, we've seen a lot of growth in our um, B2C business. Um, obviously, with the hospitality business literally shutting down overnight, um, we lost, I think, 60% of our turnover went straight away um, as soon as the hospitality business shut. So with that coming back online again, we're quietly optimistic that hopefully the guys in the pubs and the restaurants, etc., will start to purchase from us again. And we've sort of seen that. We've seen tentative steps from some of the, the, the hotels reaching out to us. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're quietly optimistic about what's going on. I think bigger picture, some of the raw material prices are starting to creep up, and I think that's possibly a concern. Um, purchasing from Europe is proving to be quite difficult, mm-hmm. especially for the little guys. Um, so we've had to look internally um, and, and source from the UK, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. And we've got this little local vibe going on, this real artisan vibe going on in Darlington at the moment. Um, so for us, yeah, we're, we're, we're quietly optimistic that things are starting to improve. I tell you what, Paul, we've got to give you both the chance to talk about what your businesses do. Hold up what you do, Paul. So we make um, gin and we make rum. This is one of our rums, um, our Black Diamond rum. So, yeah, we, we started our distillery. Um, we've made a, a multi-award winning gin now for a little while, in the, basically in the, in the back garden um, is how you would describe it. Um, one of the UK's smallest distilleries. So it was only two and a half metres square. So it was mm-hmm. tiny. So we've taken the opportunity during lockdown to move to um, new premises in the, in the centre of Darlington and get that in the uh, in the high street and and um, really rebrand and get ourselves ready f- in to a position when we come out of lockdown that the gins and the rums are really looking the part um, tasting the part and, and and are ready to go so yeah really excited about what we've been doing um, and the new ventures that we've got on the go Rick I described the business as un- oven valeting but people are going into homes and servicing ovens aren't they T- just tell everyone what what kind of thing you do and your franchises offer that is exactly what we. That's exactly what the franchisees do, Graham. Um, we, we we can't apply too many coats and gloss and varnish and try and pretend it's anything other than cleaning uh, cleaning people's cooking apart uh, cooking appliances back to absolutely sparkling, gleaming condition. And he does argus too, just so you know. He does argus. In case we have any posh viewers to this thing, he does argus. Argus ranges, cookers, freestanding, <laughs> built in. We, we we do the right the way across the board. We had to tell uh, Paul that because I bet his wife has an argo. <laughs> you don't do copper stills, do you? Oh, there's, <laughs> well, yeah, we might have to do a little part exchange deal there. We'll have to do some uh, good, goods for trade deal on that one. Good in networking. Now, you're, oh, ba- you're based in the south of England, aren't you, uh, Rick? Uh, Wo- I am. Wokingham, I think, if I'm right. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel that the reopening of the high street has gone in the last couple of weeks? Huh. I think I'm pleased. I'm pleased that it's actually gone according to how the government wanted it to go. And I don't want to make this too political, but there was a very real opportunity, and I think there still is, that everything could go horribly wrong if everything if everything happens all at once. So a gradual, steady return to some kind of normality um, was what the government were looking for, and I think that's been delivered Um and that's certainly what we're what we're seeing in 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 Wokingham. Last couple of three days, it's actually been quite bright, quite sunny, and there, there are quite a few um, mums and toddlers and people kind of using the parks and outdoor outdoor greenery. Um, and have you been to have you been to a shop yourself, Rick? And have you, Paul? Bring you both on for that question. 
Yeah, obviously with us opening last Saturday in the uh, in the town centre, we were able to have a little wander around and, and it was really vibrant. It was great to see um, the hustle and bustle of the town centre again. It was fantastic. And 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 Rick, have you partaken in going into the shops? Have you got yeah, your credit card and, out? Yeah, I try and I try and wander around um, wander around town, you know, each day to get a little bit of exercise going on. Yeah, the weekend the weekend was was relatively. Um, relatively busy. Wokingham, for what it's you know, for what it's worth, is actually a relatively relatively small um, historic market town, and it doesn't really have a mass of shopping facilities such as near neighbours such as Bracknell and uh, Bracknell and, and Reading, um, or even Camberley. That said, um, we do have quite a lot of the the artisan shops, as Paul was referring to, some small boutique type stuff. And yes, it was. It was busy-ish, but I'm not sure how much of that was actually down to the novelty factor and people just being able to be kind of let loose. It did seem to be relatively tempered, which was good because it was perishingly cold, albeit sunny. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I think think I think that we're going the right way. I, I was we're reading uh, David Smith in the Sunday Times this week was saying that 49% of office-based businesses have reopened. Now, my business is an office-based business, and we have reopened. We've given people the choice to come in. They feel that there's a, a COVID issue. They don't have to come in, but everyone has chosen to come in. And one of the ways that uh, people have been uh, uh, feeling more secure are these. These are the COVID rapid flow tests. And recognition, these are a pile of the rapid flow tests from the last couple of weeks from our staff. And they rapid flow test and bring their test in. And no one can come in the office, whether they're servicing the photocopier or a guest in our studio or whatever, without having a rapid flow test. Now, what is your view on these tests uh, and how they may affect your own businesses going forward? Paul first. I think from our perspective, um, it's giving people confidence to, to get back out there. You could you could feel, as um, as I said, the hustle and bustle was back on Saturday, but you could still feel that people were a little bit tentative um, and a bit scared to go in. You know, when with us opening, there was obviously a lot of football. And when we had a few people in the shop, you could just see people waiting at the door going, uh, can I come in, can't I come in? Mm -hmm. And I think just having... The ability to have the rapid tests, giving people the choice, I think helps. And it is about giving people confidence again that it is safe to go outside. And I think possibly, you know, with all the mental health issues that people have suffered over the last year, they need that little confidence booster to be able to get out. So I think that, you know, the, the rapid flow tests are great. I think, we, you know, we, we were concerned about with the schools going back, whether that would cause a lot of isolation again. But, you know, people are, people are being pretty sensible, which is, which is pleasing to see. Rick, have any of your franchisees used these? Are you using them in your head office? Um, no, we're not, because most the vast majority of time I've been working from home, I'll come into the into the office literally uh, for training and distribution purposes. So we try to keep um, you know physical contact down to an absolute bare minimum. Um, not least because one of the, one of my daughters that works with us, she was very heavily pregnant at the time. So um, we've yeah we've we've done it working on the remit that prevention is, is is an awful lot more cost effective than the cure on a general on a general level um i think that any, any of these tests are a good idea of course they are however if you're self-employed and you've been out of work mm -hmm. for a long long time i genuinely can't see too many self-employed people tripping over themselves to take a test mm. that could potentially put them back into isolation for another 10 days or a couple of weeks or so 
I take the point. Uh, Charlie Mullins, my friend Charlie Mullins at Pimlico Plumbers, who also has men going into, and women, going yeah, yeah. into uh, premises like you do, he's saying that by having all his plumbers take these rapid flow tests, which are now free from the government, uh, they can say to their customers, don't worry, I'm coming in, I've COVID tested and I'm secure. And it's, it's giving the customers uh, more confidence in letting tradesmen in. Yeah, I kind of understand that, but then... <laughs> The, the the test isn't going to the test and same as the vaccination you know the vaccination um isn't going to stop you catching covid mm. and it isn't going to stop you passing it on mm. um you know i think paul hit the hit the nail on the head where the vast majority of people are actually being quite sensible i mean goodness sake we've had a year plus of this now for people to get used to the concept and the idea of this social distancing you know put a bit of put a bit of cloth over your face whatever it is um, but if you can avoid crowds and, and, and crammed, um, crammed environments, that's got to that's got to be the way forwards. Although I do, you know, I do commend again government and co NHS for bringing out and making tests readily available and free. Anything that's going to encourage um, the reduction of the spread and the R value overall has to be a good thing. Last question. On the general economy, looking forward, there was one bit of data that was released this week, which I was a little bit surprised at. Um, and I think, you know, for the people that work for me, that it's a good thing. Um, but for the people that maybe are paying the bills, maybe it's a worrisome thing. And that is average pay increases were hitting 4.4%. And I looked at my own pay in our business, and yes, they have gone up. Um, that is a cost. It's going to potentially be passed to customers. Paul, your view on that? Staggered when I seen the data, to be honest. Absolutely staggered. Um, I know that in, you know, I, I have a side project. Um, I work for, for a, a, another company as well. And it's pay freezes all around to protect mm. the business. Mm. Um, mm. You know, we're facing rising costs on raw materials. Um, the, the only way that's going to pass is, is, as you say, to pass it on to the customer. And I'm absolutely staggered to see, you know, your NHS workers getting 1%. We talk about austerity measures and being sensible and guiding our way through this and then to see that um yeah just absolutely staggering I, I, you know, well, I what did you think it. of it uh, uh, rick i'd like to see the data as to who it is that's paying out that's paying out 10 15 percent 10 or 15 percent for the average to be 4.4 percent mm. um there's obviously going to be but there are people. actually log jams in the economy this is the interesting thing there are a, a lot of people unemployed as we showed you on the data but it hasn't gone up that much and if you are chasing uh, new recruits you can you you can't be as picky as you maybe thought and and maybe money is is needed you're definitely right there i think you're definitely right the if you look at the people who are unemployed it hasn't exploded the way that we thought it would it definitely hasn't. I mean, by the way, I'm not suggesting we want more people unemployed, of course. <laughs> um, okay, with the, the ups, the downside of it, which, which certainly is something I'm a little bit concerned of, is that interest rates will follow any inflation, and inflation tends to follow um, uh, the pay, ri pay rise. One man's pay rise could be another man's increase in interest rates, which could lead to a, a bubble effect in the economy. That's what I worry about. Do we think the bank has got it under control? Do, do we feel happy that the position is okay at the moment? I think so. And I think <clears throat> I think at some point, um, the Bank of England, the IMF, and, and all the money men just need to have a meeting of minds across, on a global level and say, look, guys, all we're ending up doing here, if we're not careful, 
is each chasing around each other's debts. Mm. Why don't we just reset, control out, delete on the finances? Everybody starts from a level playing field. Let's write off everybody else's debts to each other so that we can actually spend time build, rebuilding economies rather than chasing money all over the place. Paul? Um, Paul? Yeah, I think you make some valid points there. I think there's got to be some sensible discussions. You know, we can't keep, you know, giving pay rises mortgage in the future. We've got to have a sensible reset at some point. You know, um, everything that the government have done in terms of the grants and things like that, if we're not careful, we're going to get hit with some massive costs. So there's got to be some sensible discussions with the banks. So far, the noises that are coming out of them are okay, you know. Um, as, as, as you've just alluded to there, there's got to be a sit down round the table, sensible discussion about how what is the blueprint for going forward. Well, so, yeah. Gents, thank you for joining me on the line. That's been our first Business Unmuted Live. It's our intention to try and do one live every Wednesday at five o'clock. And you might be catching it on a rerun on LinkedIn. And if you are, do get in touch with us. Potentially, you may want to take part in one of the programmes. They've got two people down the line, but we also will have people in the studio, providing they fulfil the COVID test. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again soon. <laughs>